Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very talented friend. As long as she's my goo goo, I will be her cluster. The mistress, Deep Sea Gina. <laughs> now I know what it is. That's a giveaway. Now I got it. Goo goo cluster. Yeah. <laughs> We've localized. Yes. So, for all of those you who don't know, it is a little Nashville tasty treat. Um, and so, here's a history, Gina. In 1912, Standard Candy Company introduced the Goo Goo Cluster, um, which was the first ever combination candy So in the world. So, before that, they were just like singular products, like chocolate or caramel or taffy. Well, the interesting thing about Goo Goo is they actually put it all together. Um, so, it's caramel, marshmallow nugget, Fresh roasted peanuts with milk chocolate, and it's still the, and that's what they started off in 1912, and it's still made exactly the same way today. Mm-hmm. It's not broken, you know. And then so, yeah, why fix it? Apparently, there's another little fun fact, and it's just a rumor, so who the hell knows? But apparently, Goo G O O stands for Grand Old Opry. But it's a rumor, so who the fuck knows? I mean, maybe I'll go with it. Yeah, we're buying what they're selling. Either way, they're a little it. tasty treat. And then that leads me to yet another this. little na- tasty treat you can find here in Nashville. <laughs> Today's designated drinker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be... I, okay. Who is none other than the CEO of Ford's Gin Company, and that is none other than Simon Ford. Hi. Hi. You little Welcome. tasty treat. <laughs> Well, we don't have any Google clusters here, so I guess. <laughs> we don't, don't we? I left them in the freezer. Oh, no. <laughs> Were you going to garnish a cocktail with them? No, 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 no. no not with Jen. I was going to share because she didn't know what they were. So she, she, so I have no idea about Nashville, Simon. I came here and I felt like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and then Louise has been acclimating me, but that's also what we've been doing. As a Isn't it such an amazing city? It is. The music I, here is off the charts. I, I had no idea moving here how good the city was going to be. I came on a whim. Really? I'd, I'd been to Nashville for two days in my life. That was it. And, and it rained the entire time, so I hardly saw anything. So, and then and the next thing I know, I'm living here. So I, I, I came blind. And, wow. Um, and I have fallen in love with it. That's great. It, obviously, your accent. I mean, obviously, you're yeah, from you're, here. Yeah, you're getting, really, <laughs> you're getting a super southern accent down here, I have to say. Just the farms 15 miles out. It's not quite a city accent. How long have you been here now? A year and a half. Yeah. So I mean, would you even call it here? Like you do travel a lot. I well, I didn't even announce leaving Los Angeles, which is where I was leaving living before. Yeah. And I didn't really go, hey Nashville, I'm here. I kind of sort of sort of slipped out of LA and sort of snuck into um, Nashville. Into Nashville. The only way you could make it get in. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because I mean here we are at Pearl Diver, and it's a, a friend of mine who we used to work together oh, back cool. in New York who owns it. Oh really? And it's, you know, and it's just around the corner, and it's now like my new favorite bar, so it's, it's nice. perfect. Yeah, it's hopping. Yeah, I, Pearl Diver is amazing. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it's really like, we we got to hang out a little bit. It's a beautiful space. It's lovely. So here's what I want to ask you. I want to know how you earned the title of Mr. Ford's Gin. You earn it. Yeah. You, How'd you do that? 
that's the blood, sweat, and tears you have to put into <laughs> like creating, selling, and trying to maintain a company that sells gin for nine years without killing yourself. So and like then a you can call crown of thorns of yes. sorts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and 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 there's quite a few martini uh, uh, consumed in that time as well, which you need to be able to handle. Absolutely, got to marinate that liver. No idea what that means here, running, you know, having the designated drinker show. <laughs> you know, you can marinate, you know, marinate it in worse things than gin. True, very true, very true. <laughs> After so many, it's such a good time, it's a good time, it's just a good time. I'm just thinking of all of those great botanical flavors, you know. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, when I go out of this world, I will definitely go out pickled, that's for sure. So, it's not a problem. Well, let's hope you don't do that anytime soon, but I think we might both be halfway there. <laughs> no. I'll be an old lady. Halfway don't you pickled. Worry. I mean, halfway pickled. Don't you worry. I'm an old lady. I have two little girls, and we'll be fine. <laughs> so, again, tell us how, how, how did you start? I mean, like, where did this... Uh, you didn't just end up in, or just didn't wake up as Mr. Ford's gin. What did that? What did that journey and that path? Mr. Ford's gin. <laughs> I, I like adding the word gin to the end of my name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll see if I can change it by default. Yeah. Yeah. Simon Ford's gin. Yeah. Might get deported by that, but don't do that. Anyway. So tell us how. how yeah. What did that look like? What did that journey look like for you? I actually spent time working. For another gin before I started Ford's Gin. Yeah. Uh, a long, long time ago, in 1998. So here, why don't we just have pause just for a second? I mean, look yeah, what wow. just happened. This is what happens when you hang out with Mr. Ford's okay. Gin. You get cocktails before you even start. I mean, we barely got started. Is this what happens in your world all the time? Wait. Yes, I for better and for worse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we did not put the goo-goo on the drink, right? No. And Simon, I've known for a very long time and is a big proponent and fan of the 50-50. Yes. Um, so I am not in my own bar, but I thought this would be a really fun thing to do. We um, traveled around Tennessee and we went to um, uh, Loveless Cafe. Yes. Well, they have the most delicious pickled items ever. And that's when I was like, I was going to do an over-the-top weirdo cocktail for you. And then I was like, or we'll just have martinis since it's at like, you know, our, what time we're doing this. So we've been traveling. So this guy does um, uh, pickled okra, which is local. Your 50-50 done with a gorge gin. And, um, and they used um, Dolan vermouth uh, dry here. And then one drop... And I, and I still like it of the orange bitters. Same. I still love the orange bitters in yeah. the martini. But just one like, little drop. The guy's like pickling liquid. And then I go, yeah. He goes, it might not be good. I go, it might not. But it might. Happiness right? is finding a pickled okra in your martini well, when you have it for dinner. And it's from. <laughs> right? Or, yeah. or being able to handle dinner. Cheers. 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 I'm going straight into the okra. That's marinated. <laughs> yeah, speaking of marinated. Mm. Yum. Yeah, nice and light. So, Gina, when you make a 50-50, what's that? What's that rate? What do you, obviously, it's a 50-50 ratio, it. but that's it. So, if you like one pint of gin, one pint of vermouth, and that's quite a, a few more drops. And that's why this is so big. It, that's a very large <laughs> martini glass. I mean, it was only, I mean, traditionally, maybe one and a half, one and a half ounces to one and a half ounces. Gotcha. Um, but I always put orange bitters in mine. Just one drop, and then I don't use anything too overpowering. 
I think the Gareth Regan's a little, it's a little strong for me. I like um, more of that orange citrate, just like one little drop. Nice. So, so cheers for that. Yes. Um, so you make it at home. So when you're at home and you're listening to this and you're like driving to work and you're gonna, you know, planning on your cocktails at dinner, this is a great uh, starter. And I, I have to say, the martini is my favorite drink. So you know me well, and I, I, I know that's why I'm getting a. Yeah. Right <laughs> but I was gonna do, uh, I think I said something crazier, and then I realized, you know, I'm on the road. I don't know what I'm gonna have. I really should have made you a pink peppercorn cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's something fun. One time I did a dinner with, with Simon, and this is when like pairings of cocktails and food were just starting. Oh, early. You on. know, like really early on. You're gonna tell the pink peppercorn foam story, aren't you? <laughs> so he sends me, sends me. This was you did this by volunteer. I'm sorry, love. He sends me the best thing ever. I get this email, and it says on this email. Um, cocktail ingredients, and then and top it with pink peppercorn foam. No recipe, nothing. And we're gonna have it with this course. And I'm like, where's that Wolf's restaurant? I will never forget it. It's like I turned to my shop in DC and I said, I make pink peppercorn foam, thinking this is like a thing. Yeah. And he looks at me, he goes, that's not a real thing. And I go, I go, what do you know? Like a foam, we could just do it. And he goes, well, pink peppercorn doesn't mean body or anything. He's like, call your friend and ask him if he ever made this. So, true Simon Ford fashion, if you're friends with him or you know him, there is zero response until we landed for this dinner. Totally radio silent. So I, I come up with my own version of what I believe to be pink peppercorn foam and very nervous to see Simon. I said, Simon, what's your actual recipe for the foam? He goes, recipe, darling? I don't know a recipe. I was like, it just sounds good. So we went with it. And, and thank you for my for that time. I, I worked with I worked with an amazing chef in DC. So this us make it. Sounds like a reason <laughs> or, or an explanation to how one becomes Mr. Ford's <laughs> gin. <laughs> yes, it's perfect. What's the recipe of the gin? I don't know. Just make it. <laughs> <laughs> you wing it. <laughs> That's funny. Just look like you know. That's actually really funny. <laughs> it's like part of me thinks that you showed up in like a lab coat and took some pictures and you're like, oh, it sounds good, let's take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the real story. You worked for another gin company. Yes, yeah, 1998, um, I get hired by um, a company called I Ideal Brands. And Ideal Brands uh, have a small uh, gin, not so small now, called Plymouth Gin. Oh, yes. One of the uh, most historic uh, and brilliant gins uh, out there. Great martini gin. And I got quite well acquainted with the brand in that time. Um, a few years later, Plymouth Gin will hire me for a second time and ask me to go on. They didn't on. get it up the first time around? <laughs> well, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, they, they had changed hands, they'd been sold, so I sort of lost the job when it was sold, but then they called me back under the new owners and said, we would like you to go to the United States of America and <laughs> introduce our gin. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere in the US. <laughs> it, was so, it was so much fun. It's when we met because I, I came straight over and the first three cities we launched in were New York, Boston, and Washington, DC. So cool. So it was like right, you know, right at the beginning and I, I came with a, a, a sort of small group of English bartenders in tow who were making the pink pe peppercorn foam for me yeah. then. <laughs> Yeah, right. 
great. <laughs> and, uh, sounds like a little British bullshit. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's when the boo candy was on top of the drink. He was like, like we're going to do this now. I, I, I do have a funny story about one of those bartenders, which maybe for later in the show, uh, Colin Appiah. No, tell a story. Tell yeah, I, I, so, so, so Colin, we, we're throwing this big lawn party in New York City. We have got this amazing guest list, all this media. This party is costing um, Plymouth Gin at the time a lot of money. One of the biggest media houses doing all of the PR. I mean, this thing was supposed to be this grand launch. And so that's why we flew in all of these bartenders from London to showcase what London was doing in 2002. Yeah. And the bartenders are all in the kitchen. And they're reducing balsamic vinegar and making strawberry purees. A lot of these ingredients that uh, London was using back then weren't available and wasn't available in the USA you know, at that time. So they're improvising and making all this stuff. And they're working all day in this sweaty kitchen. And one of the bartenders is missing. And it's Colin. <laughs> I'm like, where's Colin? And he's like, and I don't know, he, 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 you know, he's, he's shopping. He took, he, he took the PR team with him shopping because I'm looking for them too because they're supposed to be managing the guests. And everything. I'm like, where is everybody? They're all out shopping with Colin. I'm like, now it's 15 minutes before the event. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Colin is the first bar you get to when you walk into this party. <laughs> and he's not ready. Everyone else has been doing this for 10 hours at this point. Oh, and he no. walks in. I'm like, Colin, where the fuck have you been? He's just all these shopping bags with him. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, chill, relax. He goes, I've got this. And he chops up a lime in some wedges. And he goes, right, I'm ready. And he served a mix of gin and dandelion and burdock. Right, he couldn't find it, so just gin and root beer with some squeezes of lime instead of making a craft cocktail. The rest of them are making these elaborate drinks <laughs> with muddled this and, you know, reduced that. And the, the writer for the New York Times at the end of the night just went, I love the drinks tonight, especially Collins. See, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so you never know. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Exactly. But, um, but at Plymouth Gin, that's where I, I, I learned everything that I know today. Yeah, from working there? That's mm. awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Plymouth Gin is where I, I, I you know, cut, my teeth. cut my teeth, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it's obviously one of the greatest gin distilleries in the world, it's the oldest working gin distillery in the world, and so, oh, is it? Yeah, and it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just quite incredible, and so, I was going around teaching people about that gin, so my job was to know everything possible that, you know, that you could for, for Plymouth Gin and Gin. And I just sort of spent about 10 years of my life educating people on gin. That's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And um, at one point, I'm watching other friends create gin brands. And I'm like, I should really do that. You got the bug. Yeah, I did get the bug. And it, Juniper it, bug. Juniper bug. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name for a gin, actually. Huh? Oh, maybe it's some sidebar. <laughs> it was actually... Um, a bartender that's no longer with us and probably one of the most influential bartenders on the planet that truly gave me the inspiration to do it and that was a, a, a gentleman by the name of Sasha Petrowski who opened a bar called Milk and Honey oh. which is the bar that launched a million bars in my opinion it was so influential um, you know it was sort of one of the first of the modern speakeasy era the one with the hand cut ice you know and the way they did all of this work was sort of super incredible okay um i love you simon but i think i'm starting to love tanner a lot so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get 
like that a lot. This this looks delicious. Oh my god. Do you know that Tanner's moving to DC after this? Isn't that right? Yes, he's gonna have, he's, he's actually just I gonna, just found out as well. He's yeah. actually just gonna get into the car with us and take the rest of the road, road trip. trip. All right. Make cocktails in the back and then go back to DC. Tanner, what is this? Yes. Uh, this is the Lost Bird. Uh, it is a riff on a last word. Uh, so it's the same build. It's the same build as the last word, uh, but different ingredients. So uh, Ford's gin, Ginnipi, uh, which is the Alpine liqueur, a uh, little bit of lime, and instead of using maraschino, we use coconut cream. Uh, and serve it over ice. Nice. What's I, that? Uh, what's that breakdown? If you were like th uh, three quarter, three quarter, three quarter, one and a half. Nice. Yeah. He's like, this is, she's this, like, translate that. I looked at the <laughs> Yes. So, one and a half in the booze, three quarter on the coconut cream, three quarter on the lime, and three quarter on the genipede. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. This Cheers. My and it's science, beautiful as well. Appreciate it, Tyler. Yeah. What are you going to say? This is my absolute favorite drink on the menu. I love it. The genipede and the gin. I'm glad you threw in on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Off the record. Cheers. 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 This is like tiki last word. Yeah. It's so good. And it's so refreshing. Good. Looks good. Yep. I think this is a moment of genius. Their cocktails here are a little dangerous. Yes. Because they do a real, uh, what we've had so far has been quite balanced and you are like, have, it, you don't, you're not getting a sugar bomb and you're not getting that alcohol forward. So your brain is like, oh, it's nothing. And then you're like, ooh. That in itself is tiki influence right there. You know, yeah. like, like that is, that's what tiki drinks do, you know, in, in my opinion. They creep up on you and then they, they don't just smack you, they punch you down. <laughs> <laughs> what was the bar in, wait, what was the bar in New York to close? Um, Giuseppe's bar? Um, Oh, it was called another cocktail, wasn't it? Uh, the one in, in New York. Yeah, in the, the Tiki place. In the Lower East Side. Um, Whatever. This Tiki bar, I've been many nights on the floor there. But anyway, <laughs> what was it? It was named after another cocktail. We'll get there. It's not the Pearl Diver. It's the, the even. Where's, it, do we have a copy of their menu there? We don't. So, we'll come back to that. Come back. You keep telling your story. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was. Um, just traveling eventually more of the world talking about about Plymouth Gin and transitioned into wanting to start my own company uh, Sasha Petrosky being the guy that really inspired me to do it he's the reason it's called Ford's Gin actually I, I had no intention of naming the gin after myself in fact being English was extremely uncomfortable with it no one believes me when I tell them that but I really was <laughs> and, and they're like yeah yeah Simon you just you know like you know get your ego under control but Sasha was you know very much you've been working in gin for 15 years people know you for gin be proud put your name on the label and I still sort of didn't like it, but my business partner said, no, he's right, he's right, and, and, and he was. And the other thing that he sort of inspired me to do was make sure this was gonna be the cocktail gin. So we set about a process where we tested every batch we made of the gin in all of the classic cocktails until we were really comfortable that it would stand up against any of the great gins out there in all of those drinks. And we looked at flavor profiles that you would find in, you know, in, in botanicals and paired them with the flavor profiles of classic cocktails to build our recipes. So, so very much the approach, the feeling that, you know, gin is kind of, in my opinion, the quintessential cocktail spirit. And we wanted to make the quintessential cocktail gin, yeah, with, with you know within that category. Now I don't think you'll ever 
truly achieved that, but you know, we definitely made it a, a good yeah. gin that is good in cocktails. Awesome. Including awesome. a nice 50-50 martini. Uh, yeah, but I think when I, you know what I find fascinating is that you came into the market so strong on like, you know, yes, we know who you are, like the cocktail people that, sorry, the people here in um, the cocktail world know who you are. But you like, I mean, I, I've been places where I would never expect to see other than like maybe like a big brand uh, gin and there you are. So like, you know, that's kind of like a testament to like what you either made, people listened to you. I don't think you know every bartender in the world. I could be completely fucking wrong. <laughs> I'm not really No, sure. he just knows all the right ones. I mean, I... I and the wrong ones. Listen, I, 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 live, I grew up in Long Island. I went home. There's a bar there. There's no fucking way he's ever set foot in that bar. And I went in there, and they were, gave me my choices in my gin. And they were like, beef eater. I'm not even kidding. It was beef eater. I, I want to say it was Plymouth. was the other one, maybe. And then they said, and we have forged gin. Like, who you have what? <laughs> and like, I didn't like, I, I had to like take a second. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, have you had it? And I'm like, they're like, it's new. I'm like, now this was like last summer. And it wasn't so. new anymore, right? But now it was new to them. And that's what I love about like seeing that. So do you ever think like sometimes that you maybe have created or I don't know, do you ever look at the fact that you may have created a brand that obviously is going to outlive you, but like becomes that 200 year old brand that they'll tell that story? Was that your goal, like to be a legacy? It really wasn't. And, 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 and I've never sort of even been after legacy personally. I kind of find the whole idea of legacy to be odd because, you know, when you die, like no, no, you don't know about it. So yeah. whatever your legacy is, you're not going to know about yeah, it. Yeah, you're not. Right? As far as we know, we won't know. No, I, I, I feel like it, I, I would rather be like, oh, you have one week to live, Mr. Ford. I'd be like, all right, how do I give away every? That would be every... Mr. Ford's gym. Mr. Ford's gym. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do I give away everything that I've ever owned, all of my money? How do I give away, give it away to people that you know want it? If you know, should I Maybe. have any? Yeah. Should I have any less yeah. left at that point? Money? But you know, that would sort of be you know, and 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 and. and just like you know, you know, burn me and throw my ashes into a cocktail. Yeah. Regina me. Oh my god! Can you fucking imagine That's a that? Disturbing. <laughs> I know, but we almost would you just would do the it. rim? <laughs> oh my god! I'll definitely I'll call it ashes to ashes. Don't worry. Right. Please, please charge a decent amount for it, like I pre mean, premium price. Yes. Yes, we'll do that. I'll be 105 when, I, when this all happens, but okay. Now, it really dawned upon me when, you know, this Brown Foreman thing came about, that this gin might now be the, the, a gin that's around for 100 years. And I, and, I, and I was like, oh wow, that's kind of weird, just to think that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is a weird thing when people are thinking about their legacy, beyond the fact that you just do good every day, but people, that, because you're right, it's like thinking about when you're gone. Like, why not think about what you're doing today? But it is an odd thing, but so, legacy can be a good thing if either you're giving it, like, moving the needle in today. So, I guess is my point. so I've already ordered the forged gin statue. I've commissioned it. Oh, there you go. It's proudly holding a martini glass <laughs> in, 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 in the direction of England. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Oh, please, can you just make a fake one for a party one night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, please, please. 
Oh my god, would that be the funniest thing to fucking steal and bring water bar? Like, where is it now? Oh my god, or like a roaming gnome. <laughs> Except it's like you're a Ford's gym with like a little with a couple Everyone's of partying with Mr. Ford's gin tonight. By the way, I actually now think that's genius because now I can go to all the bars that I can't physically get to go to. I could be See? like Simon Ford was in my bar. Yeah. And <laughs> He still hasn't paid his bill. Yeah. <laughs> he stiffed us on the bill. Oh, oh. No. Send him out and see who comes back. Yeah. That'd be fucking crazy, right? They, I just hope it's like popped up next to a Hemingway, you know, in, in, in Cuba, you know. That would no. be good. In fact, no, Hemingway can be propped up at the bar, it can be sort of oh, lying on the floor. <laughs> I've seen those photos. You did a photo shoot in New York once, you remember that? Oh. When you that... guys did that crazy weird photo shoot of everybody on the rooftop. Which one was that? It was super bizarre. It's just a multi, uh, multi-exposure photo yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like six arms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jerome Guild Photography. He's one of the great photographers of our industry. And he does amazing portraits. And he just said, I want to come and photograph you and make you, you know, who you are, you know, in, 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 a, in a picture. And his first concept was to put me in a room with a thousand people in the middle of it, you know, you know, and then he's like, that's a little bit too difficult to, uh, yeah. to, to put together. So we'll do every version that I know of you, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, I did have a good friend that looked at that photograph and says, I know all of those Simons, <laughs> except, for the, except for the one that's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that, who's that person? Have you ever... <clears throat> Not that any of this will make sense to anyone no, listening. No, don't worry. So uh, after this episode, I'll make sure I put that on the website. We'll right. make sure that, that that photo is there. And also, we're going to send them there to... Where are we going to send them, Gina? Designateddrinker.show. Wait a minute. What was that? Designateddrinker.show. And why are we going to send them there? For, um, I don't know, tips. All of the recipes. How shoes, <laughs> where Simon lives, his favorite color. <laughs> Does he tie his shoes one time? I don't know what. More importantly, it's going to be about the, your beautiful recipes that, on, on these, on our cocktails. And then, but, but we'll also make sure that they get to see that photo. Nashville has really done something to my brain. I feel like I think um, it's the humidity. Literally, like, the hair gets bigger, the brain gets. You know what? I'm gonna tell you something right now. Is the, is the hair going inward? Hold on. Hundred percent about this. If I did fucking live here, I would just go with it and have fucking giant Dolly, like Dolly Parton, crazy big. Oh, you fucking have like she would have straight like Long Island big hair. Like she would. Have <laughs> Long Island hair is curly. And, and big. Yeah, guess what you'd have? It'd be like, wow. I would do it. <laughs> and I get super weird if I lived here. I'd be like, it would be like one of those things. Anyway, you would get weird. Wait a minute, hold on. Would. Oh. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Damn it. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes it's supposed to be inside voice, the outside voice gets me sometimes. Sure. No, I, I, I have to say that. So tell us about a little something that I told Gina that she didn't know. She was like, wait, what? Tell us about a little bit on um, on the rocks. Tell us about oh. that part of your life. I, mean, I knew the show, but I had to tell you the details. And I love when I have something she doesn't know. Like I'm like, oh my god. Okay, you have to understand that like, Simon did this show, and we all want to be on the show. So tell us about it, please. Now tell me your version of that because when she told me, my mind was blown. No, no, yes, yeah, so we made, we made with LXTV and NBC. We made the show on the rocks. The search for America's top bartender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Original idea. Uh, we wanted it to be top chef for bartenders. Of course. And um, and it was it was it was okay. We, we 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 couldn't get the drama out of the bartenders. 
uh, in the same way that the chef, you know, chefs are kind of mean to each other on Top Chef. Yeah. You know, like, Ready yeah. to cut a bitch. Yeah. They got knives. But and fire. Bar <laughs> bartenders are so used to being hospitable and, and in front of the customer at all yeah. times. So, of course, there'd be a moment when someone had finished their task and all their drinks. And then they would just go and help the other guy who was behind, you know? You know, like, that, that, that's not the rule thing. You know, like, sabotage it, sabotage it. You know, um, so the high drama part of this didn't quite manifest into the show. Um, and it ran for three years. It was after Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, so it was on quite late. I tell you, um, Joe Brooke, who now works on Forge Gin in yeah. California, he won it one year. He did. And he came back and judged for another year. So oh, cool. And, and of course, there's one guy that I know that's won everything, every competition. I'm glad that he doesn't enter them anymore just to give other people a chance, but Charles Joe Lee won it one year. He's amazing. He is amazing. He's, just watching him, even in that show, was one of my favorite things about that show because you just saw, when, when he got something wrong, he went and corrected it. That's the that's a character trait of very successful people. You know, he's like, I'm not giving up. Yeah. I am going to learn and overcome the thing I couldn't do and become better at it. And that's why he wins everything, or did win everything when he was doing that. It was well, quite incredible. Now he's inventing cool shit to buy for your bars, so. No, no, right. That's, the, that's it. But yeah. kudos to Charles. So I mean, so I was gonna say when you were saying that, I think it's important, just like a human trait, when you think that you know everything about something, whatever it may be, whatever widget you are the expert of, yes. and you think there's nothing left for you to learn, you need to quit and start on something completely different. Because the truth is, you probably don't know everything. No. But if you're open enough to realize, oh, there's something else, and somebody else can contribute to you being better at whatever that widget is, or whatever it is you do, I think it's it, I think it's universal. I think those who are super successful are able to learn and realize that. Because, man, drinking your own Kool-Aid, I think it's I think it's a poison. I think it's a poison when you think, no, I've got all of this, nothing for me to learn. Yeah, I think the number one recipe for any successful person is just literally not giving up and perseverance. I mean, it really is, you know, and, and, and if you can throw in some problem-solving skills, yes. you can probably do almost anything, but perseverance, you know, like, and, and naivety too, because you, you might give up on something if you knew what you were really getting, <laughs> get, getting yourself into. Or, that might be stupidity too, <laughs> ignorance is, is bliss, right? Is. <laughs> if, yes. you, if people don't think we're in Nashville, can you hear the cicadas going oh, yes. crazy? It's so so noisy. Yeah. You ever like go walking around your neighborhood and like pick up shit to like make cocktails with? No, but the, the <laughs> not shit stuff. <laughs> not poop. He's like, no, I'm really not going around my neighborhood picking up shit. Not poop. Not poop. No, no but um. But we're growing a garden at home with all sorts of herbs and mints because it's so humid. It rains so much here. Um, it it, they, it rains more lush. than in London, I'm telling you. It rains so much and, it, and it's super lush and so things grow here. Yeah. You know, and so all these different mints and herbs and, and you know, we have in our garden. And Wait a minute, you have who in your garden? Mints. And? Herbs. Who the fuck is herb? It, it, it's <laughs> herb with an H. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that your first garden, Simon? First one since my dad's garden when I was eight. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs>
Is that something you do? So, so Simon, can we, can we get a, like a little personal? Just a little tiny personal? A little. Personal? Like a sure, little. Maybe. Tell me. <laughs> so tell me, you're five years into fatherhood. What is that like? Oh, the greatest thing on earth. I, I, my daughter is my biggest inspiration and influence. I wish I could be more like her, and I hope that she never has to be like me. <laughs> you know, I, she, for some reason, she is being gifted empathy to a level I have never seen in most humans. She reminds me of that, you remember that movie Amelie, when she does all the nice things yeah. just to people out of random? Yeah. She's like that, and she reads crowds and, and makes people feel good about themselves constantly. You know, it's the reason I will never have a second child is because I know that the next one is most likely going to be a little arsehole. So I'm just like... <laughs> so, <clears throat> you need to stop while you're ahead. Stop God, ahead. I should have had that advice. <laughs> I do love you, Francesca. A little bit of an asshole. <laughs> Wait, I'm the baby. Yeah, she's a baby. She's going to fucking kill me. Law of averages, you know, the more kids you have, the, the, you increase the chances of having the ones that are going to cause you hell for the next 18 years <laughs> did you ever, or more. Did you ever hear that podcast, My Favorite Murder? No. Or, like, or there's a podcast called My Favorite Murder. My Favorite Murder. Murder, My Favorite Murder. <laughs> and I keep thinking one day that they're going to read about my child, but Francesca's just a little bit like that. Like, she looks at you and she's like, oh, how are you? And then she like, says something so off color, you're like, did you just ask me about what happens to a dog when a dog dies? Like, what, like, what is it? I'm raising a psychotic, I feel like, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, they say I have Gianna. How far from the train. Right. <laughs> oh, I can't Again, murder. Did I say Listen, that out loud? I can't murder anybody. I can help somebody plan it, but I, I don't want to be involved fully in it. Your logistics. You're good at yeah, logistics. Yeah, yeah. They died choking like, on peppercorn foam. Yeah. <laughs> pink peppercorn foam. It was pink. <laughs> it was pink. I mean, it was crazy. Who, who even comes up with no, that? She's from Long Island. They're going to be able to bury the body. Come on. She's going to be great at that. Okay. We'll put it with Simon Dash in a cocktail room. So we're we're going to rim a fucking glass with it. I would like to apologize formally to Courtney now. I am very sorry about saying anything mean or no. inappropriate. No, 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 no. She will enjoy listening to this. Yeah. And 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 the um, the more crap you give me, the more she will appreciate you. I'm gonna assume I don't know who Courtney is. This is Simon's wife. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she, she appreciates anyone that gives me a hard time. My husband does the same thing. Yeah. He's like, or when I'm giving somebody a hard time, they look at him and they go, do you live with this? He's like, I'm glad it's you and not me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we did not talk about at all was, so when you talk about like your, I just want to go back to your gen really quickly. When you, when you have this gen and you want to sell it against something, what do you say to somebody to like convince them or like you're the home consumer. We have a lot of consumers. And they get confused. I mean, they're, they're standing get... in the aisle, right? Yeah. They're standing in the aisle, and and now they're going to make the decision, right? Tell me why, um, you know, Marianne or Frank in Poughkeepsie, New York, is picking your gin. Go. So when you drink Ford's gin, it tastes like a gin. It tastes like a good quality gin. And if you put it in a martini, your martini is gonna taste like a martini. If you put it in a Negroni, it's gonna taste like a Negroni. There are no surprises here. It's just good quality, balanced, London dry gin made for cocktails. And so if you were to bring a bottle of Ford's gin home, you could know that anything you make with it is gonna taste good. You know, and, and you know, uh, 
I don't ever like to sort of talk bad about other gins. I like just to think that we made a gin that could sit in the landscape of all of the good gins out there. And there are other great gins that do what Forge Gin does. Uh, but there are other gins out there that perhaps do one or two things really well and one or two things terribly because they've got nuanced flavors in yes. a specific direction. Absolutely. And I sort of stepped away from that with Forge and wanted it to be something that was universally good in classic cocktails. And if it's going to work in the classics, and most likely it's going to work in the innovations too. So I wouldn't call it the most inspiring. I would call it your everyday gin. You know, that's that that's what I you know, want it to be. And the fact is that bartenders, you know, want that because they want their gin to taste like gin and they want your gin cocktail to represent gin and gin cocktails. So I think we've, you know, by making a gin for bartenders, um, we've certainly made a gin for home bartenders as well. No, I think I, I, I 100% agree because there's a lot of times where I look at Gina and I'm like, and I say this all the time, I stand, because I'm the average consumer, I am not cut from your cloth. I go there and I look at all the gins going, or any spirit going, uh, and I always ask her, why this, why that, why this? But Dirty Martinis is my go-to, and I have dabbled not knowing and ordered, like, oh, I love this gin in a soda, and but if you put it with the, and then Dirty, it's like, oh, that's wrong. I mean, but it, it, I had to go to Gina, an expert, and go, tell me, what, what do I do with this? So it's really great. I mean, as the home, like, average consumer, and the, you know, it, being ignorant, not being, uh, uh, like, spending my life learning about gin, it's really good to be able to know there's a go-to. Like, something that I know that I'm going to be able to mix and and not not, not go, ooh, The truth is, is if you like gin, you could Love probably, gin. well, this is where I was going to go with that. If you like gin, you can probably tell me your favorite gin. If you love gin, you're probably going to go, my favorite in a martini is this, my yes. favorite in a gin and tonic is yep. this, my favorite. You know, and not every... My favorite at the beach is this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. everybody has the money to go out and buy all of those gins. That's a select few that are yeah. going to have a, you know, Or 20. even, as an average consumer, even know what that is or when to buy what or what to mix with what. I mean, there really is. Even if you could buy two, three bottles of gin, you have that in your home. I really didn't know how to make a dirty martini. I really didn't. And, and even to, how to order one, much less make one. Sure. Because, it, and then and you have a bartender going, well, what's your gin selection? And I'm like, I know it's not what's in your well. Chances are. It's sure. Not. But then beyond that, I'm like, mm. You, you have bigger problems. in my world. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and she let me out for this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm going back to that murder conversation from earlier. <laughs> you know, if I were you in the world, I'm into I, it. If it's Gina, I just stay in the well. <laughs> I, God, I walked in that. Sorry, Simon. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I like that Forge Gin is in the well. That's, that, that's honestly, is my favorite place for it to be. It's frequently so, is. It's easy. Yeah, for, yeah. So, for, so, for so many reasons. Um, yeah. So what's new? What's, what's on the horizon? So, I mean, it's been a big couple of months for myself in the company we we, we just uh, joined forces with Brown Foreman who is the powerhouse behind such amazing spirits as Old Forester and Woodford Reserve and they are 
global. Yeah. And Ford's now, you know, our, we had our small team have done an amazing job and, and, and now we get to join this big behemoth of a company and see what Ford Gin can can do with some support and a, a bigger engine ultimately. So um, what's next is really, for me, I want everyone that works at Brown Foreman to fall in love with Ford's Gin the way my team has, the way people like Gina has. And so I'm going to be meeting a lot of new friendly faces. And so far, it is such a down-to-earth company and someone has been so, everyone's been so friendly to me and, and welcoming and I just think I'm going to sort of be very comfortable and at home there. And so what's next for me is really, is really Brown Foreman. And, uh, and I've, you know, it's my, last week was my first week on the job. So I'm going for it. He's back with you. Wait, do you actually go to work in an office now? Um, I, I, I work from a shed in my back garden. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I haven't talked to Brown Foreman about upgrading that yet. <laughs> but that's been my life for a while, to be say, honest. I'm like, you know, I'm going to ask him if I can get a light bulb or something. Yeah. <laughs> can I have those things called the internets? <laughs> Exactly. Oh, it's my turn. So I have, I have one, all right, one last question. So if you can describe yourself, or only have one ingredient to describe yourself, what ingredient would it be? It could be something that's like savory or or spirited or whatever, but something that describes you. So what she's asking is like, often she goes, my spirit animal. It's not your spirit animal, what's sure. your spirit ingredient? My spirit ingredient. If yeah. I were an ingredient personally. Yeah, describe yourself as an ingredient. So like, oh, wow. I think that I'm a badger. So I would say that was my spirit animal, right? <laughs> Survival. So, so Survivalist. This, so, I mean, so it's a spirit spirit. Right, no, my no, no. Spirit, and then my, my spirit, my, my spirit ingredient is alpine strawberries. What's yours? Alpine strawberries. Why? Because they can be either tannic, sweet. They're very, very white in the beginning, and then they get. Wait, listen. They get really, really white in the beginning. They're really tannic, and then as they get a little bit pink, just a little bit pink, they get soup, like almost sugary sweet. It's crazy. They, so they have a lot of forms they can take. Wow. I, I don't know if I quite get the concept. I'm going to try. Go. You can't be wrong. Can't right. Be wrong. So, I'd like to think of myself as an agave plant. Oh. Right? Yeah. Well, A British agave plant. It, I might mature within the next 10 years, hopefully. <laughs> you know, become mature, that would, that would, you know, be helpful. I, 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 I hope that when I'm turned to ash, I become something that makes people happy, like tequila and mezcal oh, make people yes, absolutely. Pe people happy. You can't be cloned, it's natural. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I actually wish I could clone myself so I could actually stay at home sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, mean, I don't find it hard to believe that you'd like to clone yourself, Simon. <laughs> We're going to make the statue, eh? we don't need cloning. That's a, mini yeah. Simon's coming your way. If you'd like to sign up for a mini Simon, please reach out. Where are you going to go to get that information? Uh, wait, that one, ForgeGin.com, right? <laughs> but but the, the, the main, yeah, ForgeGin.com, thank you. I, I like the plug. The, the main reason I, uh, an agave plant is because one day I would like to be a tequila. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that, or actually. That, I feel no, foresight's no, coming in no, the way. No, no, no. I, I, can, I, can I tell you? I think one day I would like to be a mezcal because I want hipsters to like me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm fine. On that note, everybody. <laughs> Another drink. I'm taking, I'm taking time to the bar. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Drown my you. sorrows. Let's get gin and mezcal. Yeah, Definitely. let's get yeah. Yeah. <laughs>